Hello, this is Dimitris, the Kyrgyz Tangero. My goal is to bring more people to tango and more tango to people. Today, we are going to read together the first, maybe the second chapter of uh, the novel When the Embrace Whispers. I wrote this novel with the following things in mind. First, I wanted a novel that tango dancers can really enjoy. Something that we can read and say, yeah, yes, you know, yes, that's true, that happened. Oh, I never seen it this way. And actually uh, be able to immerse into this experience together with the main character, Sarah, uh, but in an environment that it's quite realistic. Things that we have seen in the milongas, in festivals, uh, the real problems and issues of tango, and of course, it's a novel, so not everything is 100% realistic, right? Uh, and the second reason I wrote this book was because I wanted to bring more people to tango. So the idea was, okay, let's write a book that people who never danced tango before can enjoy. They can relate with the characters, they can relate with the story, they can enjoy reading it, but at the same time, be exposed to what social tango is, right? Because most of them, they have in their minds performances, you know, legs in the air, flying around. They don't realize what social tango is about and they don't realize the benefits that it can have for them. So if you have anyone in your life that, uh, you know, you would like them to come to tango, maybe this book is for them. It's called When the Embrace Whispers and I hope you will be able to, to share it with them or simply, you know, buy it as a gift. All right, so let's start. I, I never narrated uh, an audiobook before, so, you know, please stay with me, okay? So, <laughs> chapter one. Sarah's mobile vibrated on the coffee table, interrupting her distant gaze out the rain-streaked window. Mark's photo was on the screen with a big green button ready to be clicked. Sarah sipped her latte and looked up again. Raindrops drummed on the windowpane, echoing her restless thoughts. As a teenager, she used to step out of the house and walk in the rain. Her mother never fussed about rain-soaked clothes or muddy shoes. That's what stuff is for, to be used, she would say with a smile. When Sarah returned home, her mother would welcome her and request that she leave her shoes at the entrance. There is no place for wet shoes inside the house. Now off to take a warm sour, princess, she would say. However, today her thoughts were anchored in a more recent past. It all began five years ago, with fireworks of emotion and happiness a bit after her 33rd birthday. In the initial months, she and Mark traveled on low-budget trains and buses. They had picnics in the park and took long walks by the beach. They moved in together quickly to save money. Discussions revolved around life, dreams, and having children. They even talked about Sarah leaving her unfulfilling job for a passion yet undiscovered. Yet, she had just received a promotion at the same job she had planned to leave. More money, less freedom, and more people to please. As months turned into years, the initial excitement began to fade. She couldn't recall the last time they did something unexpected or new together. Financial struggles were no longer pressing, thanks to Mark, and they now had a splendid new house he had designed from scratch. A smile flickered on Sarah's lips as she recalled how Mark had unveiled their new home. 
Taking her to the new neighborhood, he asked her to close her eyes. Guiding her carefully, they ascended stairs, and upon entering the house, he led her to a room. Placing her hands on a table, she heard the sound of something metallic being set before her. Tracing it with her fingers, she felt a smooth, matte finish and some sharp cuts along its edge. Opening her eyes, she stared at the key. Welcome to our future, Mark said, his voice tinged with excitement. Sarah looked around and her mouth dropped. At the heart of the kitchen, a sleek black marble island doubled as a chic breakfast bar. State-of-the-art appliances adorned the kitchen and glossy white furnishings surrounded her. In the beginning, they found themselves spending hours cooking and sharing meals there. Sarah rushed outside. It was a two-story red-brick townhouse nestled on a tree-lined street. We are on the seventh tree on the right, Mark said behind her. You can plant flowers on the left side of the garden, outside the grass line, Mark said. It's not a lot of space, but if we put more flowers, the grass will not align nicely with the wall lines. And what is that? Sarah asked, pointing to a small baby swing in the corner. That's for later, Mark replied with a smile. Sarah's eyes welled up and she hugged him tightly. Hey, hey, one step at a time, Mark said. They returned to the house. The living room was cozy, featuring a large bay window that allowed ample natural light to filter in. Upstairs, the tranquil bedroom featured a kingside bed with soft, neutral linens, soothing blue walls and a large window overlooking greenery. Next to it, a pastel-toned room housed a baby's rocking bed, still wrapped in plastic. Not much had changed since then. Sarah attempted to place flowers in different spots, but Mark always moved them back to the designated area. The rooms remained the same, and the house was kept pristine by Samantha, their cleaning lady. The baby's room and swing remained unused. This thought left a pang of unfulfilled longing in Sarah's heart. One thing was different, though. Mark detested wasting time, and since they could afford it, the kitchen now primarily served as the spot for receiving food deliveries. It was a house of serene comfort, the kind that many of her friends would love to have. Sarah took another sip of her coffee, ignoring the vibrating mobile. Her eyes drift to the cafe's wall, adorned with the owner's life's adventures. On the wall, she saw pictures of a hot air balloon ride above mountains, dancing in a dimly lit room with a woman in a red dress, finishing a marathon in an ancient stadium, visiting a market filled with colorful spices, and watching a flamenco show. She gazed at the pictures, as she had many times before, immersing herself in the imagined sensations of such a life. The crispness of cold mountain air, the symphony of bustling market noises, the thrill of exploring unknown streets. Yet, it was the photo on the red dress that resonated with her the most. The fluid movement of the dancer, her dress a cascade of crimson, had etched itself into Sarah's heart, evoking feelings she couldn't quite name, but always longed to experience. 
Turning her attention back to Mark's photo on the vibrating screen, she observed his tall and lean figure. His dark, neatly styled hair, occasionally slightly disheveled, added to his casual charm. It was his brown eyes with long eyelashes that Sarah fell in love with. Most women would kill to have eyelashes like those. Sifting in her seat, Sarah took a deep breath, closed her eyes, and clicked on the insisted green button. Is it a good time? Mark asked. It's always a good time to talk with you, Sarah replied. How was work? I had another fight with my boss. She doesn't want to accept any of my proposal. I don't understand what's the point of giving me the job and then not letting me decide anything. That's terrible. I'm sorry to hear that. You can tell me more at home. Uh, listen, about the trip. I can't leave now. I have too many things to finish. We'll need to do it another time. Another time. Sarah's free hand shifted as if she were about to strike the table in front of her. She opened her eyes, realizing she had made contact with something. Coffee had spilled onto the floor and her shoes. Can I make it up with dinner tomorrow night? Mark continued. My favorite restaurant has an invited chef, three Michelin stars. You will love it. Who would say no to three Michelin stars? Sarah said, her voice flat as if futilely dabbed on the coffee spill. You'll love it. On your way back, please buy a Chateau Ponte Canet, year 2016, if it's available. See you soon. Sarah locked the mobile and placed it face down on a dry spot on the table. Who would say no to three Michelin stars? She repeated in a low voice trying to remove the coffee stain from her shoes. Mark worked hard to provide a comfortable, calm life, she knew that, a life she couldn't have imagined creating on her salary. With him, she was safe. No man is perfect, but she felt he was as close to it as a woman approaching her forties could hope for. Traveling, children and dreams could wait one more year. Good enough, she thought looking at the half-clean stain on her shoes. The rest will wash away with the rain. Chapter 2 Sarah popped open her umbrella, stepping out the, from the warm glow of the... <laughs> that was terrible. I go again. Chapter 2 Sarah popped open her umbrella, stepping out from the warm glow of the cafe into the evening chill. Walking in the city always made her feel insignificant. Nobody seemed to notice her. People walked briskly, absorbed in their own thoughts while the urban environment bustled around them. Towering skyscrapers, historic edifices, and sleek glass structures defined the city's skyline, the kind of building that made her feel even smaller. Usually, the city buzzed with a symphony of sounds. Horns honked as taxis weaved through traffic. The chatter of people and the calls of street vendors were an everyday part of it. But that night, the city felt a lot louder. Everybody was in a hurry to avoid the heavier rain predicted by the weather channel. She looked at the street in front of her, the same street she had walked for years to get from her favorite coffee place back home. She could close her eyes and visualize 
every turn, every traffic light, every store. So he used to take a different path until Mark decided to race her back home, telling her there was a faster way to get there. They laughed, made a bet, and started running. And he was correct. Sarah hugged him at the end of the race and whispered, You're always right, aren't you? in his ear. And then they went straight to the bathroom. <laughs> to the bedroom for an afternoon she would always remember with a smile. That's why I don't do narrations, you know? Anyway, I have to get back <laughs> into character. All right, so, not today, she thought. She was not in a hurry to get back home, to see Mark, or to talk about her terrible day at work. She turned to the first corner she found. The street was empty. Great. She banged her hand on the wall and quickened her pace. She wanted to scream, but that would draw other people's attention. Left, right, left, right, right, left, she turned. The rain transformed from a drizzle to a torrential downpour, its drops splattering against the pavement, and the few people outside ran to get cover. As she turned around another corner, a taxi hit a road bump next to her, splashing her with dirty rainwater. Drenched, she looked down, her soaked clothes clinging to her. She locked eyes with a taxi driver, her gaze heavy with unspoken reproach, but he drove away, oblivious. Nobody cares anymore, she muttered, and closed her umbrella, surrendering to the rain. With each step, tears silently streamed down her face. She lifted her hand to remove them, but stopped midway. Nobody would notice them either way. Why? Why can't you just be happy? What's wrong with you? She whispered. Something caught her eye. She looked to her right, noticing the mirror of a small local gym. And there she was. Strict master at trails, ran from her eyes, painting a poignant picture on her cheeks. The rain and tears indistinguishable. Her shoes were now solid and soaked through. She stood motionless, looking at her reflection. The sound of the rain intensified. Water from a nearby building's guttering fell on a garbage bin, creating a chaotic symphony of beats. Sarah closed her eyes and wrapped her arms around her. Her chest rose and fell. And then she heard it. A solitary piano note sliced through the air, soon joined by the sorrowful cry of a violin. What crazy musician is still on the street, she thought. The music seemed to pause briefly. Sarah took a few steps in the direction from which the sounds emanated. Another note. With every step, the music became clearer and louder, and oddly, older. The piano ceased, but the violin continued, slow and melodic. Sarah's eyes filled with tears once more. A void formed inside her chest, a longing. The music grew stronger, reached a crescendo, and then stopped. A lone red light flickered at the building's entrance, like a beacon in her stormy night. Red light, she thought, that can't be right. She approached and reached the door. It was slightly open. Carefully, she pushed it a tiny bit and looked inside with one eye only. The music was definitely coming from there. She could hear people talking. A few seconds later, someone applauded. She positioned her ear at that slight opening of the door to listen better. And then 
She felt a hand on her shoulder. Sarah jumped. Excuse me, young lady. Can I pass? Oh, wait. You're all wet. What are you doing here? Come, with me. With me now. A petite elderly lady, her age aged gracefully in the lines of her face, seized Sarah's elbow with surprising strength, ushering her into the warmth. But, Sarah started, I'll never understand your generation. Please, leave the shoes at the door. There is no place for wet shoes on the dance floor. Come on, come on. We have warm tea inside, and you are late. Late? For what? With hesitant curiosity, Sarah adds closure. Peering through the next door with a different world seemed to unfold. Okay, that's definitely a dance floor, she thought. She took her shoes off. Come, let's get you out of these clothes, the old lady took her to the changing room. Here, try this skirt. I don't have a good top for this. Well, young lady, you'll stay with your t-shirt, and if you don't mind, looking a little bit sloppy. I don't even remember the last time someone called me a young lady, Sarah responded with a smile. Well, you haven't given me your name yet, have you, young lady? In my days, we used to give our names straight away. I'm sorry, it's Sarah, and you are? My friends call me Maria. This way, Sarah. Maria took Sarah to the main dance hall. Dim ambient lighting bathed the studio, a stark contrast to the bright, lively hues of her childhood dance memories. Chairs and a few tables surrounded the dance floor. Four big guys were laughing in a corner, all wearing baggy pants. The pants. A hip-hop class? Can be. Those pants are too elegant, she thought. A few women were chatting on one side of the floor, and a few more were seated on the other side, putting on their dance shoes. The shoes were also different from what Sarah remembered. Instead of the traditional pink color of the heels used in Latin dances, dance shoes of every hue dotted the room. Turquoise ones, sparkling like the ocean, another pair adorned with delicate butterflies, and a glossy black pair gleaming under the soft light. You don't have high heels, do you? asked Maria. No worries, you can dance without them. Dance? I can't. I've never really learned, she said. Isn't that what a dance floor class is for? A door on the other side of the studio opened. Sarah's mouth dropped open. All right, I hope that was enough. Uh, sorry for the mistakes. <laughs> well, I, I guess, I guess, I guess people who record um, audiobooks, they, they pause, they delete, they edit, but I have a rule for this podcast, which is never edit, all right? Otherwise, I would spend hours editing, rethinking, changing it, and I simply don't have this time, all right? So I hope you like it. I hope you enjoy it. The book's title, again, is When the Embrace Whispers. We are going to dive into the world of tango, go through the journey of learning, discovering, finding out what is a milonga, some of the rules of the milonga, <laughs> some of the funny things that happen in the milonga, uh, a marathon. Uh, Sarah is going to travel to discover tango in other countries. Um, it's a beautiful story. Uh, well, according to my... Uh, biased opinion, but I mean, go on Amazon, check the reviews, 
uh, till now, the time of the recording, there are all five star reviews, so you can you can check them out for yourselves. Um, and yeah, that's it. Please share this with your friends, uh, share it with your tango friends, share it with your non-tango friends. I think we can bring more people to tango, and uh, well, I hope this book can can do that. All right, have a wonderful day enjoy the rest of the day enjoy the rest of the podcast if you haven't listened to it uh, there are a lot more things that you can listen there all right cheers bye have a wonderful day